Olá, hello, hello, sejam muito bem-vindos or welcome to Also Ritmo, where we learn Brazilian Portuguese through music. My name is Elise, and I hope all y'all are doing well today. Um, today we're going to be reviewing our first song of season one of this podcast, which is comprised of 15 episodes. So this season you can expect at least 15 episodes, at least 15 awesome songs to expand your Portuguese vocabulary and get you familiar with this awesome language. Now before we jump in, there are some things I wanted to mention. Um, firstly, the meaning of Also Hichimo, because I realized I never even said it or mentioned it in the last episode. So Also Hichimo literally means at your rhythm. You know, I thought that was a cute little pun because, you know, we're learning with music, which has rhythm, but you're also learning Portuguese at your own rhythm. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I thought it was cute. Um, so in the last episode, we just had our introduction, got to know each other a little bit, got familiar with how this thing goes, the format of the episodes. But today we're going to be jumping in with our first song, which is Sei Lá, A Vida Tem Sempre Razão, by Tom Jobim whose full name is actually Antonio Carlos Brasileiro de Almeida Jobim. I just find that funny because one of his middle names is literally Brasileiro, which means Brazilian. Um, it's like, what if, what if my middle name was American? I don't know. I just find that funny. Um, and then Miosha and also Chico Buarque. And the thing about all three of these singers is that they are all from Rio de Janeiro. So we're going to be hearing their specific accent, which we'll go into a little bit more later if you're interested in hearing about that. Um, but yeah. So the song begins with Jobim, but he and Miusha and Shiko, they kind of just play tag throughout the song, each person singing a couple of lines. And it's just nice, because, you know, they're just like playing tag. That's like the way I would describe it. So yeah, if you remember how this goes, first we're going to be going through with comprehension of lyrics, then moving on to grammar and structure, the things that I find like most difficult to understand from an English point of perspective. Point of perspective, is that it? No, point of view. <laughs> And then finally, I'll be giving you some tips on pronunciation because that is, in my opinion, like the most important part, being able to reproduce um, all that you've learned verbally. So yeah, we're just going to jump right in with the comprehension of the lyrics. Tem dias que eu fico pensando na vida. There are days where all I do is think about life. E sinceramente, não vejo saída. And sincerely, I don't see an exit. Or you could also say, and sincerely, I don't see a way out. Como é, por exemplo, que dá para entender... How is it, for example, possible to understand a gente mal nasce começa a morrer, that we're barely born before we begin to die? Depois da chegada vem sempre a partida. After the arrival always comes the departure. Porque não há nada sem separação. Because there is nothing without separation. Sei lá, sei lá. I don't know, I don't know. A vida é uma grande ilusão. Life is a big illusion. Or you could also say life is a grand illusion. Sei lá, sei lá, I don't know, I don't know. Só sei que ela está com razão. I only know that it's right. It's a rather short song, so here's already the second verse. Ninguém nunca sabe que mal se apronta. No one ever knows what harm awaits. Fazendo de conta, fingindo esquecer. Pretending, feigning to forget. Que nada renasce antes que se acabe. That nothing is reborn before it ends. E o sol que desponta tem que anoitecer. And the sun that rises has to set. De nada adianta ficar-se de fora. It helps nothing to miss out on it. A hora do sim é um descuido do não. The hour of yes is the neglect of no. Sei lá, sei lá. I don't know, I don't know. Só sei que é preciso paixão. I only know that passion is necessary. Sei lá, sei lá. 
I don't know, I don't know. A vida tem sempre razão. Life is always right. And then at the end of the song, they have this thing where they all go around saying, Sei la, which, as we know already, means I don't know. And then at the end, we see sei no, which is just an informal way of saying eu não sei. Because if you put the negation, the no, at the end and you invert it, it's just, you know, more informal, like if you're in a conversation or, in this case, just a little song. We're not giving, like, a presidential speech here. We don't have to be completely grammatically formal all the time. So that's all for the comprehension of the lyrics. That's probably the smoothest part where you can just pick up some vocabulary and most transparently compare the two languages. Now, as English-speaking people, I'm pretty sure that the most common second language language between all of us would be Spanish. So if you took Spanish in high school, if you've ever studied it, or maybe if you speak it fluently already, you're probably noticing a ton of similarities in the grammar and the vocabulary and... That is with good reason, even though it makes Portuguese speakers mad sometimes to be compared to Spanish. They really are very similar. It's just the phonetics that really, really set them apart. I remember before I started to learn Portuguese, um, I already spoke Spanish. I was able to read it fine, but just when it was spoken, it was like, it just sounded to me like swirly Spanish or something. But that is how I got Portuguese proficiency so quickly is because I already had that foundation of grammar and I've just had to focus more on, you know, vocabulary differences and speaking. Just a fun fact. Anyways, um, so we can get into the grammar now, which is just dissecting some of the things that I think are most foreign to English and most likely to warrant some explanation. So first, before we talk about anything in the actual song, I wanted to tackle this title because it has two equally interesting parts to me. So we have this title, C'est là, a vida tem sempre razão. And first we have C'est là. Now, sei lá, if you translated it from Portuguese, it literally means I know there, but that makes no sense in English. So the most equivalent expression that we have in English would be I don't know. So you can see that it's comparable between sei lá and eu não sei. It's kind of the difference between I don't know and I don't know. So sei lá is just more for um, informal conversation or in this case when you're trying to make a song and you need the syllables to fit. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that say la is just informally like, you know, shrug, I don't know. And then we have this a vida tem sempre razão. So ter razão means literally in Portuguese to have reason, but that phrase is how we express being right. So if you have reason, you're right. So if I said, você tem razão, você tem razão, that means you are right. If I was trying to say that I was right, I would say, eu tenho razão. So that's just how they express, you know, being correct in Portuguese. So with that, we have a fuller understanding of the title, C'est là, a vida tem sempre raison, because I think it's kind of interesting, and it's just different from English. Okay, next I wanted to focus on the first line of the song. We see this, tem dias que eu fico pensando na vida, and we have this word, tem. Now, if we remember from the title, tem means to have, or it means has, but in the translation, I translated it as, there are days where I'm thinking about life. So we can see that the verb ter, to have, is also valid for expressing existence. So if I say, tem dias que eu fico pensando na vida, it means literally, it has days where all I do is think about life, but it's the same thing. It's interchangeable with another verb, haver, which we will also see in this song. So I just wanted to note that tem can be used to express existence, and there really are multiple ways to express existence in Portuguese. Versus English, it's kind of just like, we can only say there is or there are, based on, you know, if it's plural or not, but yeah. 
And then we see this verb ficar. And I wanted to talk about this verb because it's honestly one of my favorite words in the Portuguese language. So we see this construction, eu fico pensando, and the verb ficar is here. And it's a really interesting verb because it has, you know, multiple uses. So ficar means literally to stay. But when ficar is used, followed by a present participle like pensando, you know, anything that has that ando, indo, indo, um, that is a present participle. It's used to describe a perpetual action or, you know, a repeated action or something that's continuous. So, for example, if I said, ela ficou limpando todo dia, that means she was cleaning all day. You could also say estava, but the thing about ficar and using ficar is that it's this useful tool that makes you sound like you really know what you're doing. So, just to put it in perspective, um, it can be used for a lot of things, like to replace maybe how something sounds or how something looks or just the state of something. So for another example, if someone is correcting me in Portuguese, which still happens all the time because, you know, you never really stop learning a language, um, or telling me what I said sounds strange, they're usually going to say to me, fica estranho, which literally means it stays weird, but it's used as a replacement for to be. Um, instead of it is weird. So that's just to demonstrate how this word is used. I would say that ficar is one of the words that are like most commonly used in Brazilian Portuguese, you know, um, I hear it constantly. I remember also one time I sent a picture to my Brazilian friend of like my hair and I was saying, oh, it looks so bad. And she told me, ficou bom, which means it stayed good, but she's telling me that it looks good. So really just toy around with it and you can put some further research if you want to sound a little bit more native. Definitely put this verb into use because ficar is like everywhere. It's just everywhere. All right, next, a topic that I wanted to tackle in this episode is omission, the use of omission in this song. So what do I mean by omission? Omission is quite simply just omitting words that aren't necessary. Um, it happens all the time in informal conversation, but it might also happen in a setting like this, you know, a song where you need to make syllables fit. Um, it really comes in handy there. So I have two examples of omission in this song, and first we can look at the second line, where he says, E sinceramente não vejo saída. So we have this sentence, it means, and sincerely I don't see an exit. But the thing about it, if you translate it literally, is, and sincerely I don't see exit. So we have this omission of the indefinite article an, which really is just a good demonstration of the casualness of Portuguese sometimes, that you don't always need that indefinite article in front of a verb. It's more informal. You know, you're probably not going to hear people omitting indefinite articles and pronouns left and right, like in a presidential speech or something like that. But for example, you could definitely say instead of, eu não tenho uma carteira de motorista, I don't have a driver's license. You could just say, eu não tenho carteira de motorista, which just means I don't have driver's license. So yeah, that is just something I wanted to note. So another example that we see of this omission is the omission of a pronoun. So we see this sentence, só sei que ela está com razão. And what's missing, if you translate it literally, is that this sentence just means know that it's right, instead of saying I know that it's right. And the reason for this is a little bit different. It's not just that it's more casual, but it's actually because unlike English, Portuguese has a different verb for every single pronoun. So in English, we have, you know, very little to none conjugation sometimes. We have I want, you want, we want, they want, and it only changes for he or she, you know, she wants, he wants. But in Portuguese, every verb changes for every pronoun, so it's not necessary to have the pronoun every single time because it's already, you know, implied by the verb who is speaking and who it's referring to. 
it's a very cool feature that I wish we had because it would make English a lot more simple, I feel. I feel like that's one of the things that non-English speakers really love about English is that they don't have to learn um, so many conjugations. I mean, that doesn't mean that English isn't a nightmare because I assure you that it's definitely very weird sometimes. Um, but yeah, we just don't do conjugation like that. So that's why I wanted to compare because omission is very possible in Portuguese, but it's kind of just a little bit more restricted in English. All right, so the penultimate or next to last tip that I wanted to bring up is this da para. We see it in como é, por exemplo, que dá para entender. We see this dá para entender, which literally means it's possible to understand. Now, this phrase dá para is used to express possibility or lack of possibility. So if I say, like in the song, dá para entender, that means I can understand it. If you say não dá para entender, that means I can't understand it. It translates literally to it gives to understanding. So it's almost as if some third party is allowing something to be possible. I really, it's hard to describe because we don't have anything like this in English. Now, one thing that kind of confuses people about this phrase is that they think they're going to conjugate it to themselves. But you will never say eu dou para entender, saying that, you know, I allow to understand. It's always going to be conjugated in the third person. So let me give you another example to make it a little bit more clear. So if I say dá para ir a pé, dá para ir a pé, that means is it possible to go by foot or does it give to go by foot, literally. So that's just another example. An amazing thing about this verb dá is that you can use it to express possibility um, by itself and even in the past too. So another example, if you're telling a friend you couldn't go to the supermarket, you would say não deu para ir no mercado. Não deu, which is dá in the past tense, não deu para ir no mercado. Or simply in any situation, not just the market one, you could say não deu to say it wasn't possible or I couldn't. Um, so now you can effectively give an excuse in Portuguese. Yay! It's kind of hard to wrap your head around because, like I said, we don't really have an equivalent of this in English, but it's really useful. Instead of using the verb poder to, to be able to every single time, you could just say não deu or it wasn't possible. And lastly, the thing that I wanted to mention is haver. So the word haver means to have or for there to be. So like I mentioned in the first grammar tip, in the first sentence of the song, we have this tem dias que eu fico pensando na vida, which I said that tem is used to express existence. But then at the end of the first verse, we see porque não há nada sem separação. And we see this word ah. It's so small, but it's really important to note that this is also another way to express existence. And it's funny because both of these terms are in the same verse, so you can compare how they're used. Um, and I just wanted to mention that they are interchangeable. So you could have also said, porque não tem nada sem separação? And in the first sentence, you could have also replaced it with, há dias que eu fico pensando na vida. So to express existence in Portuguese, you could use tem, you could use a. Um, you could also use existe, which means to exist. But that's, you know, if you wanted to be really, really formal. Um, so yeah, I wanted to mention that because it's, you know, a little bit different than English. We have a little bit more freedom, I guess, in Portuguese. Okay, so that's all for grammar tips this episode. Now, before we move on to pronunciation, I just want to say there are a couple of things to consider when you begin learning Portuguese. But I think one of the most important is, or this works in any language, are you going to stick to a specific accent? Um, the three singers of this song are all from Rio which is Rio de Janeiro, um, known in English as Rio. 
Um, and people from Rio are known for their carioca accent. A person from Rio is referred to in Portuguese as a carioca. So they have this carioca accent, accent, accent like I mentioned before. Um, so the characteristics include a very unique R and a very unique S. And in Portuguese, the word that people always use to ex exhibit this accent is the word doors, portas, P-O-R-T-A-S. So a person from Sao Paulo would probably pronounce it like portas, but a person from Rio de Janeiro would pronounce it like portas. So we see this very aspirated, almost H-sounding R, and then the S turns into an S-H. I just wanted to call attention to that. If you want to learn the Rio de Janeiro accent, this is a perfect example song for you because all three of them are from Rio. They're all speaking in the same way. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and focus on the phonetics where we can. So the first thing I wanted to highlight was the changing of the D's and the changing of the T's. So what I mean by this is that a D is pronounced differently sometimes and a T is pronounced differently sometimes based off of what comes after it. Um, so normally, if you speak English or Spanish, you would pronounce a D all the time, like the. But in Portuguese, if a D is followed by an I or an E, it's going to turn into a J sound. This is in Brazilian Portuguese only, and it's one of the things, like one of the most defining characteristics of the Brazilian Portuguese accent. So we see this in, you know, the first line where it says, Tem dias que eu fico pensando na vida. You know, in that sentence, the D is followed by an I, so it's going to turn into that J sound. And another example of this is in the sentence in the second verse where he says, De nada adianta ficar-se de fora. So we see that when an E is following it, like in the word G, and also in the word adianta, it's followed by an I, but it's pronounced differently than, for example, the D in nada. So that's important to note because if you pronounce every Portuguese D like the, you're speaking more like a European Portuguese speaker. If you want to, you can definitely go for that. You know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but, you know, sticking to the theme here, we are learning Brazilian Portuguese. And also this happens with the T. So when a word ends with T-E or T-I, it's going to be pronounced like a CH. So, for example, in the second line, sinceramente, and for example, the word TI, chi, it means it's a form of you. Um, so, yeah, just take note of that and make sure you practice speaking out loud and just getting used to pronouncing these T's like T when they're supposed to be and CH when they're supposed to be CH's, and the same thing with the D's and pronouncing them like J's sometimes. Okay, moving on, I wanted to also mention this say la. So the word la, to me, is very unique because it doesn't sound like a normal vowel in English. It just sounds a little bit different. So one thing you don't want to do when you're pronouncing the word la is open your mouth taller than you do wider. Because if you open it taller, you're going to say la. You want to open your mouth wider than you do taller. It's almost like you're making a big smile and making, you know, as much room as you can for this A to come out. So say la instead of say la. I just wanted to note that if you're paying attention to these small differences in pronunciation, even with, you know, vowels, that is what's going to set you apart. And native speakers are going to notice it, even if it's subconscious. And it really just gives you that extra mile of sounding native, which is always nice. All right, so, say la. And for our final pronunciation tip, I wanted to move on to one of the most terrifying things for English speakers, which is a nasal vowel. We see this many times in this song, like, eu não vejo saída, separação, ilusão. It's even in the title, a vida tem sempre razão. So this A with the accent and the O, it's literally everywhere. Anything, well, almost anything that ends with shun, like tradition or translation, is going to end with O in Portuguese. It's just how the cognate goes. 
So you really can't escape this combination. You need to get used to pronouncing a nasal vowel. I would say that the most equivalent thing we have in English is in our gerunds and our present participles. So words like swimming, cooking, bathing, or something like that. We have this ng at the end. N, n, n. But personally, I really, sometimes I just can't describe how to do it. It's just in the back of your throat. You have to look, it's in your sinuses somewhere. This combination sound is in your sinuses and you have to find it. Because in English, it simply just doesn't exist for us. So make sure that you just toy around with it. You know, practice talking to yourself in the shower. Look at yourself in the mirror when you say nasal vowels. Um, because they really, really are everywhere. Alright, so that's it for this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you can go listen to this song with a fresh pair of ears. Now that you have all this background knowledge on phonetics and vocabulary and grammar and Portuguese that truly goes into it. Um, it's truly like behind the scenes. So... Yeah, if you want to give me feedback or any questions, you can do so at my Instagram at Elise Speaks. That's E-L-Y-S-S-E-S-P-E-A-K-S. Or you can leave me an email at EliseSpeaks at gmail.com because, you know, I'm always taking song recommendations. I want to know if this is helpful, if I can improve. And also, I just love talking to you guys as my audience. So don't be shy. You can go talk to me on there. Um, yeah, like I said, this is why music is my favorite method to learn a language because it's so casual and you can listen to it you know, on the train, but it's also the most intimate and the most awesome tool for learning, in my humble opinion. So anyways, I hope to see you guys next week in our next episode, where we're going to be exploring Starman by Sail Georgie. Now, if you know anything about anything, you know that Starman is originally a song by David Bowie, but Sail Georgie, he's an artist from, artist, that's not a word, he's an artist from Rio de Janeiro also, and he did a full album of David Bowie covers with Portuguese translations in it's so, so beautiful. Yeah, like I said, that's all for this week. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Ciao.